listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza. And today on the show with me is a very special topic. It's a topic that I won't say I was skeptical of in the past. I just didn't really pay too much attention to it. I didn't understand it. I really didn't understand how it applied to me. And frankly, all I knew about astrology was that I was a Gemini. And every now and again, I'd read my horoscope. And sometimes it resonated and sometimes it didn't. And I kind of just left it at that. Well, lo and behold, I have an amazing guest on the show today who is an expert astrologer and a coach and a women's advocate, and I'm excited to have her here. For me, several years back, I started to kind of explore a little more about what astrology is. I started to be a little more curious and I discovered that it was a science. I was discovered that there are ways in which we can use that to empower us. There are ways that we can follow as women our lunar cycle and really start to understand ourselves better. In fact, I've been following my lunar cycle for a very, very long time now. And somehow I sort of kept that separate from the rest of astrology. I don't know how I did that, but I did. So I'm excited to have the guest on the show today that we have on. Her name is Jennifer Rassiopi. She's the founder of the Lunar Logic Revolution. This is a movement for the modern woman so that she can achieve her dreams in complete alignment with the fullest expression of herself. The Lunar Logic Revolution involves embracing both the spiritual and the scientific, a combination of astrology, intuition, wellness research, and strategic best practices so that we can emerge from a place of wholeness and steadfast resilience in the face of everything that this crazy, magical, fast-paced world has in store for us. Jen's methodology helps women access their voice, make sense of their emotions, their feminine power, and create a foundation of strength and fortitude as they move towards business success, financial empowerment, thriving relationships, and their most significant life goals. In addition to being a sought-after astrologer, Jennifer is also a Duke Integrative Medicine Certified Health Coach. She's also studied positive psychology under Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar and Dr. Maria Sirios as well as women's health experts, Sarah Gottfried and Jessica Drummond. I hope I didn't butcher those names too much. I'm excited to have Jen on the show today, again, because of selfish reasons, my own personal search in this area, but also because I know how much it's empowered me to understand my emotional landscape, to understand my flows, and how much I've also seen it affect my clients and friends and family and people that have started to get curious about how to use their cycles as women, emotional and otherwise, to empower themselves and, and lead their own lives, really. So I'm excited to have Jen on the show today. I'm excited for you guys to hear the show. As always, if you have benefit from this show, if it really spoke to you, sharing is caring. So I'd love for you to share it with your friends. 
I also would love for you to join the She Rises Tribe on Facebook. You can search She Rises Tribe. Join the group. That's where the discussion will continue after the show. That's where I'd love to hear from you what you thought about the show. You can tag myself and Jennifer and continue the conversation there. Just a small little show note, everyone. At about the 30-minute mark, Jen is talking to us and taking us through the different elements and the air signs, and that's when the audio cuts off. She says the first three elements and the and the last element which is air, the signs associated to that are Gemini, Aquarius, and Libra. So when you get to that part, that's the little piece that you're missing. Enjoy. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of She Rises. I'm so excited to have Jennifer or Jen Rassiopi on the show today. Jen is uh, a coach, an astrologer, and really a women's uh, health advocate and empowerment advocate. And I'm excited to have her on the show today to talk about this amazing topic of astrology. I was not a non-believer, but I was someone who just didn't really use it. I was someone who was, you know, I knew my astrological sign. I knew that I was a Gemini and I'd read up on it, but I didn't know enough about it. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had the pleasure of living with someone who had studied uh, astrology extensively in Australia. And she was educating me and telling me all kinds of stuff. And I realized this is a science. And and uh, it's come into my life in ways that have been supportive to me in the last two years. And so in that time, I've also been following Jen and, and her work. And uh, I'm Jen, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so so much fun to get to know you and to be a part of your podcast. So thank you. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I absolutely love the work that you're doing. I, you know, being on your website and having followed you um, for the last uh, year more extensively, just really seeing that you're a woman after my own heart. I love mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I like to say about myself is I, I, I can get into the woo woo, but I, I'm a nerdy girl. Like I love the science and I like the mm-hmm. evidence based stuff. And I, I love that you combine the two as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I really strive to create some sense of balance there um, and model it really after integrative care. You know, if we look at the wellness world, integrative medicine isn't just about complementary alternative medicine. It's about taking the best practices of Western medicine and marrying it with complementary alternative care. And I figure if they do that in medicine, why can't we do that in business, right? Look at the best best in class practices substantiated by evidence-based and peer-reviewed science and then marry it with something that's a little bit more alternative, but totally spot on, hence astrology. Yeah, absolutely. Right on, sister. You know, I'm, I'm from an integrative alternative medicine background, and I have the exact same philosophy um, is the marriage. Marriage of the two, I think, is how it's meant to be. I think sometimes we're at the exclusion of one or the other. It's like either you're, you know, too far this end or too far the other end. But I, I believe that science can support us, can support, like you said, medicine, our spirituality, and vice versa. So I, I absolutely love that. You have a phenomenal story. Your story to me is radically inspiring. And I know the audience is going to find it really inspiring. Would you share a little bit of your story and sort of how this all began for you? Uh, Yeah, of course. You know, it's interesting to hear you say that my story is so inspiring. And I appreciate that. Thank you. And my story has also been completely excruciating, to be totally honest. It started with a real dysfunctional relationship to my body and quite honestly, my gender at an early age, I grew up not necessarily loving being a girl. I had a lot of resistance around, uh, I mean, I was just a straight up tomboy to be totally honest. And 
when I started menstruating, getting my period as a teenager, it just wasn't really easy. I had a lot of problems. I had a horrific hormonal situation where my um, period just was never, ever, ever normal. So it would be extremely long, um, definitely painful, lots of mood swings, just a lot of things happening around that. And that experience didn't help me like my gender anymore. And so I had a was in a dark place growing up. And I had gone to the doctor over and over and over and over and over again to complain about my symptoms and these problems I was having and was mostly just dismissed, you know, given the birth control pill and told to be, you know, go about my way. I was a, a normal, healthy girl with very normal hormonal imbalances. And no matter how hard I cried or my body cried to be seen and recognized, it just wasn't understood that there was something more dysfunctional happening in my body until maybe it was about eight weeks after I graduated high school, maybe not even quite eight weeks, maybe more like six weeks. I was um, house sitting for a friend. She was in Europe and I was there with her dog and just out of nowhere, quite honestly, I had the most horrific pain come over my body and it pulled me off the couch onto the floor and buckled over. And all I could do was crawl to the phone and dial 911 um, and ask for an ambulance. Uh, and later that, you know, a few hours later in the emergency room, after they had rolled out absolutely everything, they were just like, well, what is, what is the problem here? They determined that there was a tumor the size of a bowling ball rupturing in my left ovary. And I needed immediate surgery. And that basically opened up the awareness that there was not I wasn't a happy, healthy, normal girl with just normal hormonal imbalances. I um, was received a stage one ovarian cancer diagnosis on the heels of that, which was actually then rescinded. It was um, contested. There was a lot of second opinions happening in a really questionable pathology report, which was very unclear as to what was happening, but it didn't require chemo at the time. And I went under really close surveillance by my doctors. And a year later, uh, it was detected that I had a very aggressive endometrial cancer. So I was 19, and it was the late 90s. Integrative medicine wasn't a thing. There was no blogosphere to go Google natural remedies or anything like that. Um, I really didn't have much support. And I was a teenager. Um, my cure was surgery. It was a radical hysterectomy, which was wonderful because it cured my cancer, but it rendered me infertile and postmenopausal, and uh, there were all sorts of side effects that came out of that that I didn't really understand. Uh, so my life became a little bit of like a whack-a-mole, where it's like, okay, well, cancer's gone, but now I've got all these other problems like depression, anxiety, extreme menopausal symptoms that I didn't really quite understand what they were. And I had a dark night of the soul, to say the least, which sent me on a journey to find some health. And um, I moved to California. I, was, I grew up on the East Coast, and I moved to California. I actually took a leave of absence from college and went to really just go find some health. Uh, and I tried a lot of things, but one of the things that most supported me was starting to tie my life to the phases of the moon. And this was like a, whoa, really? Am I really going to do this? This seems really weird. <laughs> I don't know about this. Um, there were a lot of reasons not to, but I was in a place where I didn't really have any choice but to try everything that was offered to me. And this was offered to me by a woman who then became a mentor to me. And while it didn't fix all of my problems, 
not even by a stretch of the imagination. I still require quite a bit of rehabilitative care um, in the form of therapy, in the form of uh, lots of yoga, meditation, and just a whole spiritual reboot of my life. Timing my life to the phases of the moon opened me up to pure potential and ultimately became the foundation of all my spiritual practice. And that was in 2001. So that's a good solid 16 years ago now. Uh, and I can faithfully say that I've been religiously following the phases of the moon since then. And I, over time, I started tracking almost like I liken it to someone who might not have the the gift of seeing. They learn to read with their fingers through Braille. Well, as a non-cycling woman, I learned to track time through planetary rhythms and um, first with the moon and then other planetary rhythms. Um, I could predict things. Oh, this is going to happen then because that's happening. Or, oh, I feel this right now. Oh, it makes sense that that's happening astrologically. Uh, and that became my sense of time. It became my sense of creativity. It helped me understand what I wanted to create in my life. It challenged me to live really intentionally because I wanted to ride the waves of the planetary movements rather than be victim of victimized by them because I had already felt so victimized by everything else. I was going to get out ahead of this, right? <laughs> I'd be successful here. But it also taught me how to manifest and it taught me how to um, see in the dark, for lack of better words. And it became this tremendous healing, uh, tremendous healing that radically uh, revolutionized how I lived, how I showed up, what I thought was possible, what I would dare to do, how I would go about things and um, became a life of magic, uh, to be totally honest. Um, not all magic, like anyone. I still have my really challenging times and I've been through it since cancer more than once in multiple ways. You know, I always say life isn't about um, making it super easy. It's about actually just getting stronger to handle whatever it throws at you. I really believe in the core philosophy of resilience. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say that following the phases of the moon solved all my problems, but it certainly gave me a roadmap to deal with my problems with more skills, to apply skillful means to what I was going through. And beyond that, um, intentionally create. So it's been super fun. And then I would say in around 2008, I started to take astrology way more seriously. A mentor came, another mentor came into my life who, um, taught me the real ropes and uh, be, so since then, it's been a journey of professional development unfolding. And now I proudly say this is what I do full time. I love it. I love it. And as you said, your excruciating story, you know, I was thinking some of the best, most inspiring stories are the, the ones that start excruciating, right? You know, you went through so much at such a young age when you don't even really know your body yet. You don't even know your hormones. You know, at 20, I like, I didn't really know anything. I just, you know, I'd, I'd get my period and it would happen. And, you know, I, I wasn't following stuff like that necessarily. So at a time where you're still just kind of, you know, reconciling your own body and, and figuring out what's going on to have such a such a thing happen is is what makes your story, I think, so extraordinary is that you overcame that and you found a way to work with it. So thank you so much for sharing that. I know that revisiting that might not always, you know, might not always be easy because it, it's even though it was so long ago, it's still a, a pretty radical thing that happened. I love that you use the analogy of like, you know, teaching yourself how to see again by following the cycles. For me, it kind of happened in the in the reverse in the sense that when I started you know, following my moon cycle, it was because, you know, stuff was happening. And I just by by accident, I'm using air quotes, nobody can see them. Um, just by by accident, you know, it was like, oh, 
I read this thing about what was going on, you know, with the moon cycle at that time, I thought, oh my God, that sort of resonates with how I'm feeling. And I sort of accidentally stumbled upon it. And, and it was like, I was using it to explain my feelings and what was going on. And it was starting to really make sense to me. And I think the biggest thing that it did for me, and I don't know if you find this with yourself or even with your clients, is it, it made me feel not like cuckoo. (laughs) It made me feel like, it was like, oh my God, I'm not losing my mind. Like there's actually, because we're all interconnected and, and we are stardust, right? Where everything is connected. And there's this massive movement happening and I'm, I'm sensitive. I've been sensitive since I was a a very young uh, child and I'm a sensitive and I pick this up and I'm not crazy. And so I wonder if you could speak a little bit to that and, and what you've seen, you know, with, with your clients and, and sort of the, um, I guess the peace of mind that diving into this work can give you. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say peace of mind. When I ask people like, what's the biggest benefit they get of working for me? Oftentimes people are like, peace of mind. That's what I get. Peace of mind. But beyond that, you know, I mean, I think we have to just take into consideration that we are mostly water and the moon pulls the tides. So if the moon raises the ocean, why wouldn't it be also having an effect on us? And emotions are just energy in motion, right? And so our emotions are impacted by what's going on in the atmosphere, of course, right? And particularly those who are more attuned, particularly those who have strong, empathetic, compassionate qualities, intuitive abilities, and are sensitive, you know, the highly sensitive amongst us. I didn't know how highly sensitive I was until I started tracking the phases of the moon. I was like, oh my God, my anxiety is at a 10 at the full moon. But at the new moon, I feel like rock solid awesome. So now I just got to have to scaffold at the full moon to begin to understand a little bit better how I can work with this rhythm and flow to my benefit. So I would say that what you're saying is very true. And I personally experienced it was part of my healing of anxiety was to be able to predict, okay, that's, I feel very anxious at full moons. They're really hard for me. I need to take care of myself, build that self-care in an advance, right? At that time I wasn't sophisticated. I didn't know like, oh, the moon in this sign is in this area of my chart. And this moon is actually making these connections to these outer planets and this inner planet. You know, I didn't have the ability to really language astrology at the time. I just knew, okay, full moon intense plan for that. And, um, and I think that that's really common that we as women are so sensitive to lunar light anyway, right? Because it's happening, the the feminine menstrual cycle and the lunar cycle are exact mirrors of one another. Even if our cycles aren't synced up with the moon, it doesn't really matter. The moon is working on us hormonally all the time. So it's really interesting because we're all going to have different reactions. You know, my reaction to the full moon might not be someone else's reaction to the full moon, but for all of us to know together collectively that like, all right, this is the full moon and we can expect things and we need to investigate what that's going to mean for us personally so that we can map it out is power. It's an assessment. Yeah. Of how we can work with the rhythms and the tides and the flows of the universe, because everything is cyclical. Everything is cyclical. That's beautiful. And I want to, I want to like, just pick out a one, well, it's a big part of what you said, but just to really hone in on this, because I love that you're saying 
and what you teach is the working with it. Because a lot of times, I think this is what used to steer me away from like astrology uh, in the very early days, was I would hear people sort of being like a victim to it or almost using it as like, oh, well, this is happening. So, you know, it, it must be because of this. And while that's helpful to explain, you know, yeah, my emotions are raging or maybe there's communications difficulties happening and that's sort of a planetary thing. I would see a lot of that. And I, I remember not too long ago, I read a, a book by Tasha Silver called Outrageous Openness. And there's a quote in the book um, where she talks about a yogi whose name I forget, and I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but I loved the quote because she she's an astrologer and she was talking about how to, rather than be a victim of it, like you just said, how to work with it, but also how to not tie everything to it. So this one yogi basically asked his astrologer, he said, I want you to map out all the days that it would be unfavorable for me to, to travel and, and go and do these talks and, and give it to me. And then she gave it to him and he planned all of his days around that. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious because he wanted to, and he was, you know, he had an astrologer, he was very into astrology, but he almost wanted to prove that, you know, you could work with this and it doesn't have to control you. And I love that you you brought that piece into it and that that's what you bring with your work is that you really help people understand and, and like you use the word prepare. Like, so I know this is coming and I can prepare. I love that because then it feels like we're not at the whim of these planetary bodies. You know, we're not just victims of this, you know, um, you know, being a plastic bottle on the ocean. We could actually work with that. So I wonder if you would speak to that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I have never read that book by Tasha Silver, but it comes up all the time. So I should, <laughs> I should check it out. I, I, I really respect her um, and follow her like on Facebook and stuff, but I, I haven't actually invested in reading that book. I really should. So thank you for that reminder. You know, I think what comes up for me when you say that to be quite honestly is like F that, like who wants to be a victim? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it's like, no, you know, I believe in being conservative to a certain degree, but I also don't want to live in fear. Yeah. And there's no reason to live in fear. Um, my work is really about capacity building. It's about developing our capacity to face life exactly as it is and to rise anyway. It's the definition of resilience. And I learned it by having cancer. And I learned it by having a crazy birth chart. And as someone who's been on a wacky path of healing where the doctors didn't have the answers and the medicine didn't quite cure me and their cure created all these other problems that nobody wanted to own up to, let alone explain, right? They basically abandoned me after that. And they were like, hey, you're good. Bye. You know, no one told me that I had entered menopause, let alone what menopause meant. You know, I had to figure all this out on my own. I felt so deceived. Oh my gosh, um, they didn't tell you having a radical hysterectomy would like throw you into menopause at 20? At 19, no. Or, they oh told my. me, I, they said, obviously you'd never be able to have children. And that was very obvious. And I understood that. But uh, to your point, you were describing like, I had just gone through puberty. I didn't understand the life cycle of what it meant to be a woman. I didn't even know what menopause was. Oh my gosh, that's... Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I have no, no words. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't think, you know, I mean, bless my mom's heart. She was in a difficult time in her life then. She's doing much better now. But, you know, there were just some there were there was a lot for me to discover on my own. Let's just leave it that way. And I didn't know. So I had been deceived by my doctors and uh, my healing became my, you know, my healing became my my problem. My cure became my hex. And I had not just so much to figure out. 
Anyway, my my birth chart is crazy. It's nuts. Obviously, for anyone who have gone through what I went through, like <laughs> it was an interesting birth chart. So wow. I spent a lot of time seeking answers, and I would go to these like, you know, I learned about moon moon phases from my Ayurvedic practitioner, um, who was also a Vedic astrologer and a tarot card reader who told me about it. You know, these were not normal things for a Catholic girl from New Jersey to be dabbling in. <laughs> over life and death matters, you know, like I was really out on a wing and a prayer searching for my own answers. Um, but because of that, I've seen a lot of really gifted healers in my life. And I've also gone to a lot. I've been a seeker. I've had my chart done a, a gazillion times by a gazillion people. And there's nothing worse than leaving an astrology session saying like, Oh my God, they just read my chart on the most victim consciousness that ever was, you know, like I'm scared that I had, you know, I saw really, I was actually looking for my next level mentor not that long ago. And I went and I got my chart done by someone who's quite famous and really well respected in the astrology world. Not, I didn't, you know, I wouldn't say it was like covert. It's not that I didn't tell him I was an astrologer, but I didn't volunteer the information. Cause I really was trying to get a sense of like, Oh, is this my mentor? Um, and I didn't want to be sold. And I walked out of there feeling so unseen, so unwitnessed, and so read to the lowest common denominator that I was just like, oh, that's definitely not my mentor. Um, And I'm going to need to like put myself back together again because that really hurt. It really hurt. So my point is this. No matter what the chart says, no matter what the stars are doing, we still have this thing called free will. And it's how we dance it's how we respond. It's how we conjure our strength and our capacity and our sense of sovereignty and our sense of dignity and to some degree even our sense of righteousness on what we will and won't allow in our lives, on how we are going to respond to life circumstances with skillful means as opposed to feeling like, oh, this is who I am. I'm doomed. Amen, you know? sister. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's about having a roadmap. It's not about having a destination. You know, it's about us answering the call and conjuring our sensitivity and our creativity and our resources so that we can face life exactly as it is. All the retrogrades, all the squares, all the oppositions, all the malefics and, and thrive anyway. You know, I've, I've read charts for well over a thousand people now and it, it's always fascinating how some people can come to me with the very best aspects in their natal chart or the most amazing things happening astrologically, and they kind of miss it, right? It's like nothing's really evolving because they're just a little lackadaisical, maybe not trying, maybe they're just a little too comfortable. I don't know what it is, but it's not like it's very activated or animated in their chart. And then people come to me and I'm like, whoa, they're under like the hardest aspects, but, you know, they just got this huge promotion or they're breaking through this aspect in their life and they're really, really, really thriving. So I see it in my practice that tough aspects in and of themselves are initiation, you know, and they're an initiation. They're a call to the next level of sovereignty in our life. They're a call to the next level of genius awakening within. They're a call to the next spiritual leapfrog moment where we're going to actually find our wings. I love that example because that just totally speaks to the point that you know we're not out of control we're not just at, we're not just being ruled by these planetary bodies and we have no control i love that you said that like some of your clients have 
not a great chart or they have some challenges there and they're still thriving. And then the opposite is true. So what, like, how do you account for that? Like, what, what do you think it is that's happening with these people? Well, you know, our thoughts impact our lives, our actions and our behaviors and our habits dictate our life. So wrap them up in a bubble and that, you know, and that's sometimes more powerful than what's going on Mm. in the atmosphere, um, in the, in the cosmos or what the moment of our birth was. I also think that trines and, you know, positive aspects sometimes are overrated. You know, sometimes when things are really really easy astrologically. There's success for things we don't necessarily want, you know? Um, and so we, we have to, like, listen, the bottom line is, is that we have to know who we are and be who we are, right? That's what it's all about. It's about self-ownership. It's about knowing what we want. It's about being directed, focused, goal-driven, but also allowing and not being too aggressive, too assertive and arrogant. It's about um, bending to the flow of the universe and letting the universe guide us, knowing that the inner cosmos, our inner cosmos, our inner knowing is is always directing us, but we're connected to something bigger than us. You know, there's a lot of humility that goes along with this. And we need a certain amount of pressure points in our lives. You know, like if we just are all rainbows and, and trying, <laughs> we might not have the angst. We might, might not have the drive to persevere. We might not have the resilience because it's not a muscle we've had to flex necessarily versus when there's enough, you know, we don't want to be clobbered with challenge, but we, you know, when there's enough challenge, there's that, that little bit of friction. It's like flow states. Um, Mahali Csikszentmihalyi wrote so much on flow states, you know, what we need to be in flow states. And that's that experience of expanded awareness where we're really in the zone with our work and our genius is activated. But when you look at what creates flow states, it's like, actually, we need the right level of challenge to match our skill set. And it's not easy getting into flow states. Oftentimes, there's a ramp up getting into flow states that feels like resistance. And but the, the, the adequate amount of challenge is the most important piece. And so I would just say we need an adequate amount of challenge. Sometimes it helps us. It catapults us. And when we lack it, um, maybe maybe there's just a certain sense of laziness. I don't know. And that's not to say things have to be hard either. Things can be just be I mean, I'm in a time right now in my chart where things are really aligning. And it's just such a gift to be on the receiving end of that. So, I mean, I love it when things just align, please. I love to receive. Right, you've I'm, had all enough. With that. <laughs> I'm all good with that. You know, like I'm just like, yes, let's just make it easy. Bow down to the ease. And I, you know, I, I've also just trained myself to, to show up regardless. I don't know if I've totally answered your question. Yeah, No, you totally did. I mean, like pressure makes us grow, right? Pressure makes the diamond. So what I hear in that ultimately is that the words that were coming into my head were kind of nature versus nurture. It's like, well, you could Mm -hmm. have this chart that has all these challenges and all these things, but then it's up to you how you make your choices and how you go through the world. Even if you have no idea of your astrological chart, ultimately- you know, we're in the driver's seat of our lives if we choose to be. And so, yes, pressure causes us to grow and it doesn't always need to be difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I want to pick out for the audience, too, because I've heard you say some uh, astrology terminology like trines and stuff like that. And for people that are listening and even for myself that has no idea what a trine is, I know that, you know, it's there and it's a word, but I don't know exactly what it is. Um, can we do a little bit of like astrology 101? And I know that's almost a ridiculous question because we'd be here for five hours. But <laughs> can you tell us a little bit what what is a trine or, or uh, yeah, yes, yeah, to that a little totally. bit more? Mm-hmm. Sure. So 
you know, um, astrology is all about mathematical angles, and it's about how the planets are relating to one another. So, you know, there are trines, there are squares, there are conjunctions, there are inconjuncts, there are sextiles. And all of it is like I could throw out a lot of like numbers right now, but I actually hesitate doing that. I think there's an easier way to think about this, and this it's through elements. In astrology, there are four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, right? And when we think about it, earth is that practicality, it's this, the, our body, it's our connection to the planet, it's that groundedness. And there are three earth signs, Virgo, Taurus, and Capricorn. Right. And then then there's water and water is a little bit more of the emotional world, the intuitive world, the flowing states of the give and the take. And those are um, Scorpio, Pisces and Cancer. And then there are fire signs and fires are creativity and our passion and our get up and go. And those are Aries, Leo and Sagittarius. And then there are air signs, which are more the mental signs, the thinking, the writing, the communicating signs. And so in astrology, there are four elements, earth, air, fire and water, right? Earth to earth. Like if if a planet's in Capricorn making a connection to Taurus, that's earth to earth, right? That's like those, they, they, that's a manifestation. That's a gift. That's a trying, right? Or we could look at like fire to water, just fire to water, water puts out fire, you know, like it's not necessarily um, easy when that happens. Cause we're dealing with two very different ways of being needing to reconcile how they're going to cooperate with one another. Um, and then, you know, we're dealing with complementary signs. So when something's in fire and then something's in air, well, air helps fire grow, right? That's a resource. It's a sextile. So, you know, I, I, I hesitate giving because there really isn't a one-on-one astrology. You know, it's like a little right. bit more, you know, I don't want to overwhelm your, your readers or I mean, your listeners. Sorry. But what I want to say is that the elements are really important and the degrees at which planets are at in the sky are really important, but they're always in a sign, right? And that sign has an element. And when we just think about it, earth and water helps things grow. That's a resource. That's a sextile together. Earth and earth creates stability. Water and water creates like the, those are complementary things that allow things to manifest and coalesce versus some elemental combinations that aren't as kind and easy. And it's rectifying different ways that these energies are going to blend that aren't natural right and so that those are the more challenging aspects and the easier aspects is when there's a blending or an alignment um does that make sense it totally does it's actually the way that i um started sort of trying to comprehend it for myself because it is such a science and it is so detailed when I when I lived with my friend in in Melbourne and she was uh, she took me on some of my first few sort of astrology workshops and just reading about it and her speaking to me about it it's so complex and it is a science and it's very mathematical and I can you know I always joke I can barely calculate the tip on a bill so I avoid that part but um understanding the the elements is how I was able to see and even just observationally with the people in my life and you know certain signs that 
I resonate with or work well with. And of course, everybody has lots of different signs in their chart, so it's, it could be different. But it was it was more using the elements observationally for me that helped me started start to understand a little bit of that. So yeah, that was a great, great way of sort of doing an astrology 101. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, the other way to really think about this is like new moons happen when the sun and the moon are aligning at the same exact degree in the sky, and that's a conjunction, right? So they're together, they're on one element, they're at the same degree. And then full moons are when they're in opposites, right? So they're in an opposition. So the the sun is the moon is receiving the light of the sun and reflecting it back to earth because they're opposite to one another and therefore that happens, right? And then, you know, there's a waning moon, there's a waxing moon, and then there's a waning moon. And and that is the rhythm of time. But it all starts with them at the same exact degree in the same sky. And then they go through this pattern. So we can see, we can see the, the angles in astrology through the phases of the moon as well, which is why following the phases of the moon is really such a great way to learn astrology. Because if you start with the new moon, and then you go into the waxing crescent, and then the waxing square, and the waxing gibbous, and the full, and then the waning gibbous, and the waning square, and the waning crescent, you're going to really understand the angles in astrology really well. So that, you know, the, the moon is a wonderful way to just step in, in addition to just understanding, okay, this is a new moon in fire this is a new moon in water this is a new moon in earth this is a new moon in air um and those basics are such a wonderful way to get the breadth and the depth and the complexity of the astrology without really 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 needing to learn all the science i love that and i love that you brought it back to the moon because that was going to be my my next question most of my audience is, is women and how can we just a few you know quick sort of tips or some practical ways that we could start following and aligning our, our cycle or following the cycle of the moon with our hormones whether or not you're menstruating uh, or not yeah how can we start doing that so you know I, I this is it's such a provocative question right because our bodies are so strong and our hormones are so strong that I almost think it's more important to just understand what's going on with you hormonally first. If you are a ovulating woman and you're still in the menstrual phase of your life and your cycle is regular or irregular, to just get a sense of what that rhythm is. You know, when do you ovulate? When do you bleed? Are you consistent? What do you feel like in the follicular stage, which is the period between your menstruation and your ovulation, what do you feel like in the luteal phase, which is the period of ovulation to your menstruation, and start to get a sense of who you are hormonally and how those hormones are setting you up for certain emotional experiences, right? I would actually start there. Absolutely. I agree. And then once you have a sense of that, now let's look at what is going on astrologically, right? What? Are, how are you feeling at new moons? How are you feeling at full moons? Um, if the new moon is the like the symbolic, the metaphorical menstrual phase, and the full moon is the symbolic metaphorical ovulation, are you aligned? Is that a natural fit for you, or are you cycling reverse or in some other pattern, right? And so, first start with your hormones, then look at the phases of the moon, and then see how they're working with one another energetically new moons no matter what's going on in your hormonal life is there a time of, of initiations or time of resetting new new energetic patterns for manifestation and full moons are think when, when things get really big and are magnified right think about the power of the full moon it's bringing things to culmination 
it's at a peak moment. So typically things like full moons are, I think are a great time to see what is working and what's not working, what's coming into being and what do we need to release, what's yeah. blocking us. I think of a full moon like a spotlight. Yes. It's like spotlight. There it is. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally. It's like a big old flashlight on our lives. And if we're, we understand that the moon in astrology represents our subconscious emotional need and that when we're working with the subconscious emotional needs very intentionally by, by channeling our hormonal rhythms and our lunar rhythms, that spotlight only gets bigger. And that is the power of this work, right? It's like we can actually start becoming intentional creators of our lives, not by just, you know, I think so often in like the manifestation in the spiritual world, it's like, well, what do you want? Okay, go get that. But there's a big problem with that. It's like we're not really looking at when we're blocking ourselves. And if there are blocks coming up, it's like, oh, I didn't do it right. Or I just didn't keep my thoughts positive enough. But, you know, like we're humans and we're complex and we have psychological backgrounds and historical imprints on us. And so sometimes this stuff is unconscious until we, sh we have that spotlight shown on it. Right. And so to see it more as sport, as game, which is to say, like, oh, I'm wondering what's going to illuminate this full moon that I can actually work consciously with and shed during the waning phase. What's what's actually stopping me? Rather than seeing it as defeat, like, oh, something's coming up, I, I failed, right? Or I'm not in a good place. Oh, shit, I'm a hot mess. There I am again, just screwing it up, right? It's like, actually, let's just anticipate there being some revelatory moments that are going to make us a little, perhaps, humble. Maybe we don't know as much as we think we did, do, and that's, in my opinion, a great <laughs> thing. Right. Um, I think I, all of us can deal with a little bit more humility uh, and graciousness um, and also learning to work with our imperfections with grace and dignity because we all have them and perfections, the facade that costs us a lot to try to keep up. Um, and so if we can start to lean into the revelation rather than fear it, how productive can we be to start to really recognize where we are holding ourselves back or a historical pattern in our life has held us back or a relationship or dynamic that's coming up through you know someone else's mirror back to us is really not serving us things we need to speak out against things we need to let go of places we need to tidy up our lives so back to the question how do we as women work with this i would say really um understand the rhythm and flow of your body first and foremost you won't be the expert on you and then just get a calendar that tells you when the new and the full moons are. If you don't have one, you can go to my website and download my 2017 moon guide and just go put those dates on your calendar and just start to get curious at new moons. How do you feel what's coming up to you for you? Start to get curious at full moons. How do you feel what's coming up for you? And start to track. Are there patterns? Do you have energetic patterns that are in sync with the phases of the moon? You know, success is knowing who you are and being who you are. And until we have consciousness around how we're behaving, uh, we don't, we're only playing with half the deck. So start to observe and become the expert on you. Um, so you can have a, more, a greater sense of predictability. And then once you get the new and the full moons down, there's more layers to it. Cause you can start working with the waxing quarter and the waxing square. Um, but I think for just beginners, just start to understand the new and the full and how they're impacting you, how you feel, what you need. Is there, pa are there patterns that you could be really integrating in your health, health and happiness from a self-care perspective?
That was beautiful. Thank you. What I what I love about this conversation is to is to me this feels like, you know, the ultimate empowerment. You know, like your cycles in life, it's not happening to you. It's happening with you and for you, right? And I love that because it feels really empowering to me personally. Like I've been tracking my uh, hormonal cycle since I was I believe I was 25 when I went off the birth control pill. Uh, I had been on it and then off of it and then on it again and I went off and I my hormones just went nutty. Um, I developed cystic acne. I had all this stuff going on. It took me a lot of work on myself to, to sort of recover that. And later in my alternative uh, medicine practice, I one of my specialties was women's issues and women's challenges. And I would see women coming in and I would experience this myself as well where, you know, you get to that part of your cycle and there's emotions coming up or there's, you know, PMS and there's things happening. And what really started to become illuminated for me, especially with what was happening with me and then seeing it in my in my clients and my patients, was that a lot of things that are repressed or suppressed, they come uh-huh. up. Uh-huh. And, and, they, and, uh-huh. we, and we, you know, in, the, in our modern world, we call it PMS. And mm-hmm. we say it's normal. And it's common, but it's not necessarily normal. And it's it's a way to start paying attention to that. So I love the way you broke it down because rather than being a victim of your ebbs and flows and your emotional terrain, to really start to use it to your advantage. And I, you know, because I've been tracking my period and my cycle since I was 25, and then also started tracking the moon, I, I can see the evolution of that. Like I can see, I'll have a couple months where... You know, on the dark moon, the new moon, I I menstruate, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm with the cycle of the moon, and then and then it'll shift in the next few months. Mm-hmm. It might be different. It's like, okay, and I I love the way you broke it down, Jennifer, because it it is a, a to me a true source of empowerment when you as a woman could understand your personal ebbs and flows and your personal like emotional and hormonal cycle but then also just the feminine aspect that you coach and speak so much about as well and relate that to the elements that was beautiful I love that you said it that way yeah I mean and how cool would it be if we in doctor I have to really thank Dr. Christian Northrup because she's been championing this idea for multiple decades love her. but <laughs> but how cool yeah I mean right it's just amazing <laughs> yeah. um how cool would it be if we as women really use that time where things were coming up and not just saying like it's PMS, pass me the mite off or let me anesthetize myself in some way, but rather seeing it as like, Oh, my soul is speaking to me. Like I've got to listen to this. Something's coming through that I need to get on my knees about and be humble to hear. And yeah, it's going to be risky because it might ask me to do something that's going to compromise my sense of safety and security in the world as I currently know it, but ultimately open me up to a far bigger expression of who I am and expression of joy and laughter and love and, and, and not needing to fear my intuition, but working with it. Now that's some sacred medicine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like you said earlier, it's building that, two of my favorite words, capacity and resilience, right? Is is how can I better handle my life and and the cycles? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. That's amazing. Beautiful. I feel like I could talk to you for another three hours. I feel like I have so I have so many questions <laughs> um, that I could talk to you for another three hours. But uh, this has been definitely illuminating for for me. And I know for a lot of the people listening, it's it maybe it's your first time even even pondering this or hearing about this. Maybe it's you've never even considered tracking your 
you know, your your menstrual cycle or your hormonal cycle with the moon. And I would invite you to like, don't be skeptical if, if that's coming up for you and just kind of get curious about it. Because, you know, initially I was kind of like, really? And that changed for me big time when I started tracking it, when I started seeing, oh, I have emotional stuff coming up here. Number one, oh, the moon's doing this thing. I'm in this part of my cycle. Oh, okay, I'm not going crazy. You know, this is, I can work with this. And so I'd invite you to be curious. And for those of you that have already been tracking this and, you know, following this, I'd love to hear your your feedback when, you know, you get on the page and listen to this. You can post in the comments and uh, you can tag myself and, and Jennifer. And just to know what your experience of, I think this is a bigger conversation. Jennifer, I'd love to have you back on the show at some point because I there's so much to, I think we can cover here and talk about. Yeah, of course. Well, it's been so great to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to hear some of the comments from the listeners. Yeah, me too. I just, it's, it's one of my favorite topics is, you know, working with feminine energy and with women and, and just having us understand ourselves better. One of the gifts I think of, of our cycle is that we, it doesn't allow us to really suppress stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we, it comes up. And if we can learn to work with that, I think that's, you know, the ultimate in empowerment, as I said before. So I, I thank you so much for being on the show. I feel like the time has just completely flown by. Um, and I just really appreciate your wisdom and, you know, everything that you're bringing to the world uh, from all of your experiences. So thank you. Oh, right back at you. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that last point you made, there's no need to fear the difficult, right? Yeah. The difficult will be what it is, and we can apply skillful means and rise in the face of it anyway, and maybe even be better because of it. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's all all sacred medicine. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I love that. Sacred medicine. It truly, truly is. Guys, you can find out more about Jennifer at her website, jenniferrassiopi.com. We're going to have that link in the show notes along with uh, the rest of the show notes and some information about some of the books and resources we talked about. Again, Jennifer, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. I know the audience is going to get so much from this and I can't wait to invite you back on to dive deeper. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone for books and resources related to today's episode make sure you head over to sherisespodcast.com and i'll see you there if you've enjoyed today's episode make sure you tune back in next week when i dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be and hey if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it head on over to itunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show 